The year is 2005. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And this is My Marvelous Year. Hello and welcome to My Marvelous Year, the comic book reading club where we go through the best of Marvel comics from its origins to today. I'm Zach, your comic book master. And, wait, expert? Master? What have I been saying? The, master. Master. Dave's the expert. I'm the master. No, it was Apprentice, then it was Journeyman, now it's Master. We don't have to get into this. I'm the uh-huh, comic book yeah. master. Charlotte, you're the comic book rainbow belt. And uh, I have a question for you, Charlotte. If you had to have a claw, a retractable claw, installed somewhere on your body... Besides your knuckles, where would it be? Ooh, that's actually a very good question. Mm-hmm. Huh, besides my and, knuckles. And you have the healing factor that goes along with it, so it's not just, you know, <laughs> immediately the, the moment yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. bust out your claw, you're um, uh, then wounded forever. Headbutting with a head claw would be fun, mm, but I, I, was I thinking, don't know if that's my answer. I was thinking that like, too. I was thinking eyes. How scary would that be? Ooh, oh, ooh. Yeah. That yeah, sucks. but like that, I hate yeah. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gotta be honest. Yeah, but then you I know you headbutt someone, that. comes out your eyes, they go back uh-huh. in, your eyes reconstitute themselves. Ooh. Ugh, that sucks. Um, I mean, okay, that's also sitting from X twenty three, but like feet, like kicking with clothes is like good. Okay, that's, well, don't just fun. steal. From yeah, me. I know, but like it's you know what I'm gonna say knee. I mean, knee yeah, I was gonna say if you want like though. a cool pick, then it would be like knees or elbows, right? Because knees you could is do, like cool. some some wrestling moves and like yeah slam someone uh, in the crotch with their you can try walking knee. on your elbows mm-hmm. and, and knees with the clothes out <laughs> like um, trying to I'm climb say... a cliff with like your elbows is a I'm very say... funny image <laughs> okay, <it's... laughs> i'm gonna say butt i'm gonna say butt for me butt claw mm. butt chug mm-hmm. but, okay. butt chug with your butt claw <laughs> okay <laughs> go on uh, talk no, more I'm about this more. <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> people might think that i'm talking about two claws one in each cheek Mm-mm. one right down the middle that i can perch upon <laughs> oh, <laughs> so it's a butthole claw. yeah and i can sit cross-legged you know in meditation uh balanced perfectly <laughs> upon my single claw <laughs> Mm-hmm. I is this the worst intro we've, we've ever done? No, <laughs> is, no not is by not by far. I don't think. <laughs> um, oh boy! Give me just a second. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> you have to retract your butt claw. <laughs> okay. Well, don't put a joke in where I have to <laughs> edit all that out. <laughs> um, yeah, we're talking today about X twenty three. That's. Hence the intro. Uh, we're also talking Wolverine comics. We're t- the the conclusion of that Mark Miller story I love so much, which I actually read just for kicks. I didn't realize it was on the list. I don't know why I didn't. Yeah, I read the first issue as well. Yeah, I was just like hungry for more, which is pretty rare, um, especially when it's not like a run, because um, this isn't like a big run. I think it ends here. Um, but like, you know, sometimes I'll fill in a run that we don't do stuff. But for me to be like. I gotta finish this story. It's, it's pretty rare, but I was riding high on it, and it does not disappoint. Let me just 
say that right at the top. Uh, then also we're talking about Astonishing X-Men, which is Charlotte and I talking about it for the first time on the pod. Dave had a yeah. uh, guest on to talk about the first six episodes or first six issues, the Joss Whedon X-Men run. But um, we'll chat about that. And uh, let me see. Before we get into any of that, if you want to support the show, ratings and reviews on Apple Podcast, we always love to see those. It's so nice uh, when people leave those. I actually feel like we got one recently. I just want to point out... Um, oh no, I did already read this one because I couldn't figure out how to say the name. It's like Payfiondion. Payfiondion. Um, you one of the best Marvel pods life. out of there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but thank you for the review. And uh, you want me to shout you out? Leave yeah, us a nice you. review. Um, go listen to Extra Issues. Charlotte and I do another podcast um, covering mostly non-superhero comics we pick a theme and then we do a selection of comics around that theme we're just finishing up our fantagraphics series for patreon which uh is six months early access um if you back us on patreon you get six ex- six extra episodes of that and then eventually they go on a public feed i think on the public feed we're about to start our molly Knox ostertag series um about to finish up fantagraphics on the patreon feed and then we just finished Figuring out what we're going to do next, <clears throat> which yeah. is we're going to cover Jeff Smith's Bone and the Berserk manga. So if any of that sounds good to you, go check out Extra Issues, because I think it's a great show. It's exciting. Um, anything else before we jump into the comic, Charlotte? No, please go Please go listen to Extra Issues after you've, mm. you're done listening to this episode. Oh, mm-hmm. listen to both at once, if you yeah. <laughs> if you want. Yeah, yeah. I'm not it's your mom. Absolutely chaos. <laughs> <laughs> she's not your mom um <laughs> some people might be confused about that yeah okay x23 aka laura kinney did not appear here in the x23 series but i think she more or less did i guess <laughs> like yeah or, for all intents and purposes there's a mini series that went for like six issues seven issues called nix um that i've heard is quite bad uh it's a joe casada book didn't age well yeah I don't know any detail about it. So, uh, do you know something about? I I read it like I don't even remember like five years ago when I like did kind of deep dive on X twenty three, and I was curious about where she came from, uh, and like I barely remember anything about the next series because it's not like it's not only about X twenty three. She's like one of the few characters it's about. Like she doesn't get that much screen time. Oh, she's one of the like half dozen like homeless teen mutants yeah essentially right? yeah. um so yeah this is like this is very much the beginning of well technically the beginning of x23 is x-men evolution the animated show which is the like kind of like harley queen for batman the Animated series that's like mm-hmm. she debuted in the show before joining the comics um but, uh, like the x23 ver- the comics version of x23 begins like like as an x-men character that more has more of a backstory this begins here with the uh, i'm reading series. about nick so now i can see why you say didn't age well she yep. wikipedia says yep, she yep, works yep. as a prostitute who specializes in cutting masochistic page masochistic patrons she rarely speaks and is known to engage in self-abuse specifically cutting yep. <laughs> i like that really little aside um, like yeah that's what a stupid way of i mean you know they clearly didn't know what this character was going to become um yeah I don't think that's where this character ended up going. So this is really like a proper origin for her. Uh, well, is it? I don't know. We can talk about it. Um, yeah. I, I, I think it's more of a proper origin than probably Nick's ended up being. Um, <clears throat> this is Chris Yost in Craig Kyle. Chris Yost writing, Craig Kyle in art. 
Um, and it is picks up immediately after Weapon X, the Barry Windsor Smith, or like kind of in the middle of that. Um, there's a spy for this organization. Um, which do we actually ever learn who this organization is, or did I skim over this? Weapon I'm not... X. What? The people who like come in and you know, well, who create Laura Kinney? Because it's not Weapon X, right? It's like some a guy is like, isn't it? Huh. Xander Xander Rice, I think. His dad yeah. is a spy who's running off with the Weapon X data, and then he is killed oh, by Wolverine right. as Wolverine escapes, and then Xander ends up with this data. Yeah, I do not remember then... what the name of the organization is. It just like, says they're, atop essentially, they're essentially like Walmart's Weapon a X. A top <laughs> secret program is tasked to replicate the original Weapon X. Yeah, I don't think we get details, which is part of the issue with this comic. It's very wishy-washy and very kind of vague, fuzzy around the, the corners. Um, anyway, yes, it's a top secret program trying to create Weapon X, and they bring in a woman, um, Sarah Kinney, <laughs> to... And it's just because it's funny with the way you said that, like, and they, they bring, bring in, in a woman. You know, is they're like trying to crack this kind of problem. They can't the get to the bottom of it. Done in the comic <laughs> until they bring in a woman, and then everything yep. starts. Yes, I know. They bring in this woman. This woman would have sounded better. Uh, Sarah Kinney, who is like a genetic. <laughs> they think they call her like the preeminent specialist on mutant genetics, and I'm just like, how many? of these people are out there <laughs> how many times have i heard that this person is the world's leading expert on mutant genetics it's there's so many of these like, people i feel like it's usually charles but now that they know he's mutant maybe he's been replaced by some humans but mm, like mm -hmm. there's also the exact same one in astonishing x-men like a person mm -hmm. who is basically the same role in astonishing so yeah yeah much cooler there because because <laughs> yep. here <clears throat> Sarah Kinney's defining feature is that she was abused when she was like by her father when she was six. Uh, doesn't specify what kind of abuse. It's weird. I don't know what like now looking back at those first few issues where they really underlined that she was an abuse victim. I don't understand or abuse survivor. I don't really understand why because like at one point um, Martin is the boss of this organization is like hiring her and he's like you'll have to learn how to handle xander he can be a handful and she's just like i've handled worse and then the panel like cuts to a flashback of like her father looming in the doorway when she's like six years old i'm like what do you, what is this comic doing like yeah. 30 25 <laughs> years later she's like i can handle a bossy co-worker because my dad used to abuse me when I was five years old. <laughs> like, what? It's, it, yeah. It's, it's such a weird, flimsy connection of just trying to be like, this is this woman's identity, is that she is like a survivor of abuse. But I don't really know what it... I mean, this comic this has comic. a very childlike <laughs> vision of what ab abuse is. Sure. Um, yeah. For the most part. Like, it's very... The characters, the abusers especially, are like very exaggerated and like so far removed from any kind of like real psychological I, I don't know like the, yeah. the like Xander who's like the main abuser who like essentially like well, he's like let's, a cartoon the, villain before we get into his thing yeah. let's just say like the the whole thing is they're trying to clone Wolverine yeah so that they can create a new weapon X and then they can't do it with like chromosomally they need to create a female clone and so they create a female clone of Wolverine. Which well, you'll skip over the funniest scene in this. <laughs> which is like, so they absolutely want a male clone. And when yeah. Sarah goes to them, like, 
If oh, you yeah. want a male clone, that's going to be 10 years. If I can give you a female clone right now. And their reaction is like... 60s cliche men like what yeah, I mean, a strong woman <laughs> a woman soldier what are you i doing? demanded like, wolverine what? not an army huh? of barbie dolls what right. like, i think he literally that's, says like what you're gonna exactly clone that. a barbie like which <laughs> like that's huh <laughs> what the it's hell very, are you talking yeah. about it's it's very so not strange and like like you can yeah. like have a, a like yeah having a toxic sexist workplace like that makes sense but no i don't think so by 2005 charlotte that was <laughs> gone yep <laughs> i've never but like heard this of is the most insane yeah. version of it like that's yeah 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 huh it, it's so extremely you, you're fine cartoony. with hiring uh, like yeah. a female scientist but don't give me a female soldier what okay yeah, cool <laughs> yeah 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 i don't Seems know weird. i mean it's just a uh, yeah so they they clone <clears throat> they have a female clone of wolverine x23 and then you were going to say Xander is mad at this clone, right? Yep. But Well, I don't I wanted to give you... Oh, you were, I, I cut you I off mean, while you were saying like, it, so I wanted to give you the runway. Xander is, like, such a strange character. So he's evil in every way possible. He's, like, he's, he's sleeping with the boss's wife. Uh, mm-hmm. He's... He's mad that a woman is being listened to more than his, so he essentially plans on, like, cutting off all contact between Sarah and, and Laura, or, like, X-23. Um, and he... Oh, oh, yeah, he manipulates, like, he makes it so that Sarah has to give birth herself to Laura for some reason. I, I don't remember if it's if they actually give, like, a stupid reason or not. No, uh, he comes in like, for some reason. Yeah, he he like forces her it's to like that's yeah. which, which almost like a weird almost <laughs> is kind of like a clever, nasty like commentary on something, right? Like but it him, would redu- be if it made him sense reducing her to logically, you know. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. It, I think that it's very dumb. Like the details yeah. of this comic are dumb, but I could see a world in which like <clears throat> that being like kind of cutting. Of him cutting, re- reducing yeah. her to being like a child yeah. bearer rather than like a scientist could be something, you know. If I'm giving this comic a ton of credit, which it doesn't, <laughs> the craziest thing to me is like all that stuff. He's very evil in all these like random ways. the The biggest yeah. thing is he's motivated. He's furious at X twenty three. He actually hates the clone because Wolverine killed his dad. So it's like. It's just so oh, funny yeah. to be like, I'm going to get revenge on the person who killed my dad by cloning like- them <laughs> and then taking it out on the clone. Like, But it doesn't even look like Wolverine, so like, it's just even one more step removed. It's such a strange... And then like, like yeah. using her to kill his boss and his wife who she, he used to sleep with, and then mm-hmm. like... That's the end goal. Like I don't know what does he do next. Does he like he takes over the project, but it's like that's like what do you do next? There's, you do and make another. Like he's thinking on making more clones, but they're also gonna look like Wolverine. So there's a what, scene are you where kill them too. I mean, he's this like bratty scientist, right? Like yeah. he's very. Well, I don't know. He's like the hotshot scientist here. But there's a scene where all of a sudden he's done up like Nick Fury in the '60s. He's got like all the pouches and guns and knives all like in a leather suit and it's so funny uh-huh. and out of nowhere that like he's dressed like a super soldier we're like joking about xander because the character is written really badly and you know it's kind of annoying but like the problem with xander is that we're talking about him so much because he's so forefronted here 
And so is yeah. Martin, the boss, and Sarah, the wife of the boss, who's sleeping with it. And or not Sarah. Sarah's um, the mother, um, the the scientist. And then I can't remember Martin's wife. Um, but like Laura herself, X twenty three, is barely a character in this, and that is the hugely damning part of this comic. Um, is yeah. that it asks you to watch this um, this clone who's being raised as an assassin. It's very like. Um, God, we've seen it. It's, it's a little like Echo. It's a little like um, oh, it's actually really like um, in Black Batman. Widow. Oh yeah, sure, yeah. I mean, it's any like young woman who's taken and yeah. you know, but, but, but in uh, in Batman, it's um, God, what's Cassandra her name? Kane, maybe. Yeah, right, exactly. Cassandra Kane, yeah. who I love, I love that character. Who's who isn't taught language? She's taught body language, so she doesn't. Yeah. She's mute because she only learned body language. It's so cool. <laughs> I, I kind of love that stuff. Um, yeah. But uh, she's not a character here. And I think it's because, like, it barely... She's raised as an assassin. She's raised to, like, have no personality. But there's... It's just about, like, all the, the swirl of interest in the drama in the workplace around her. More than it is about her. So, like, when she is forced to do horrible things, I'm kind of, like, checked out. Like, she has this, you know, subliminal trigger of scent that, like, sends her into a rage and she'll kill someone she loves. And I'm kind of like, all right, whatever. Like, because it spends no time establishing that there's anything in there, right? Like, it kind of just assumes that we'll assume. Yeah, that, like, the only part she has a humanity thing is, like, her, she has, like, a like, martial arts teacher who, like, mm -hmm. speaks to her in Japanese and, like, encourages her and speaks to her like human in Japanese. And then that guy gets killed and, like and but like we never see her side of it it's like does she mm -hmm. was anything kept from that did she like learn anything from that it was like no because there's nothing about what there's nothing about her inner working like she's not she's not a character she's so like a terminator um, yeah totally like, and, and the actual good terminator from the movies and there's a there's a way you can do that from the outside it doesn't have to be you know, like her internal, like we're viewing her internally or like watching her closely it could be just through Sarah's point of view I mean, actually, kind of, I was thinking about this. I think that would have been the key way to do this is just, you know, get rid of all the weird, <laughs> like, Xander machinations um, and have it just be, like, a scientist who is working on this immoral project and watching her, quote-unquote, daughter be raised in this environment and, like, watching her from a distance and being able to observe, like, small moments of, you know, like pain or emotion leaking through or whatever like us giving us something to like look at to like cling to but there's there's just nothing so by the time like at the end here where she escapes and she's forced to kill or she's not forced but she is triggered to kill um sarah her mom and then she like escapes to become her own person and it's like two years later and it shows her on the street i'm like how did that happen? Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, like, I have no idea. Like, I don't know who did, this woman did is. Did she have a personality? <laughs> did she, like, what What happened? How does uh, she know yeah, how so uh, the world functions? Like, they don't even yeah. get into that. I'm like, how does she not wander off and, you know, is she would be, like, um, Eleven from Stranger Things, right? Like, just kind yeah. of a total blank slate. Well, it feels like she was raised, like, to be able to, to be kind of, like, a spy, to, like... Because, like, she, at some point, she, she like, kills some politician or something and by pretending to be, like, a a, a sick child or something. Uh, it's like she's... It seems like she's been taught yeah, to, that... like, act as a normal human. Or like but we don't see as, any like, of that. A normal yeah. Person. We don't, yeah, we don't see... We only see that in the context of, like, her kidding someone. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's... It's so strange to spend so much time on, like, 
a very boring <laughs> plot. To, uh, and, to like, their main character. Not to like say the comic's better than it is because it's not. I think the comic's still pretty dull. Um, but you know, to their defense, a little bit like they didn't know what they were creating, right? Like this character goes on, does cool stuff, like gets integrated into Marvel, becomes a real like character that you can yeah. become invested in. Um, but like, I don't think you know. That's just so not here. It's just interesting seeing, you know, when an origin is not the thing that is... Like, I just read Bane's origin. Oh, I think it's Chuck Dixon over in DC. And does this big, like, 60-page origin. And I'm like, wow, this is like Bane. And now you immediately are like, Bane is now solidified in the DC universe forever. And this is his origin. And, like, he shows up and you're like, I know this guy. (laughs) And he's here. This is not that. Like, I kind of feel like we only really need to read this for like historical context because wherever she shows up in next will probably more speak to like this character's trajectory than this comic does. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, it, it like there is some sort of like surprising restraint to not doing like, like marketing it as Wolverine junior and like having Wolverine appear in like issue three or four, but mm. <laughs> reading the actual comic, I'm like, yeah, maybe I would have preferred that, you know, mm-hmm. something, anything. Yeah. Because, um, like, yeah, the actual comic does nothing. I am, like, it's sad that I noticed it, but I was glad that the covers didn't sexualize the character. Because, <laughs> like, I, it, very it's much have been just the case that borderline. Time. If I was looking out for that, too, it's, like, a little borderline sometimes. Because she's supposed to be, like, 13, something yeah. like that. There's a few things that I thought were, like maybe pushing it but it wasn't no nothing egregious where it will yeah probably do that later um uh, yeah. yeah i don't know where well, this I mean, uh, they did goes. it earlier with next so yeah oh right yeah I, so <laughs> i guess there's an x23 target x comic by the same writers so i don't really care about that um, i vaguely remember it yeah can i say craig kyle who um or chris yost rather uh wrote thor ragnarok isn't that funny Huh. I knew yeah. that name rang the bell, but I did, I didn't remember from where. Yeah, it looks like. Uh, like or no, am I mixing Marvel them up? Stuff? Oh no, I'm. Uh, oh yeah, both of them. Both of them worked on that. I think both of them like pivoted to like TV, uh, in a big way. Yeah. They did like a ton of Marvel TV series. Oh um, yeah, and like animated movies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so uh, that was Craig Kyle. I was getting mixed up. Okay. But, um, yeah, I'll be interested to see. It doesn't. Uh, doesn't Brian Michael Bendis like scoop her up for Young Avengers? Is that correct? For Not Young Avengers. Avengers no. Oh, okay. So <laughs> Brian Michael Bendis never did Young Avengers. Um, oh, okay. And no, she wasn't part of the Young Avengers. She, I think she joined like Academy X or like some one of the like New Mutants, Kid Mutants uh, books, hmm. okay. um, and maybe Uncanny X Force or like some sort of X Force team. Uh, but hmm. she she joins like the the wider X Men universe definitely. Okay. Yeah, well, I'll be interested to see that rather than, yeah, well, this this kind of bland origin. Yeah. Okay, that's the only comic I'm going to have any strong criticisms of because everything Ooh. else is a great mutant time. I had a heck of a time with these comics. Heck of a time. And kind of surprising myself with the weed and stuff, especially. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's finish let's, up the... Let's talk... Yeah, Miller. You, yeah, you want to finish this? Yeah, it's a great time to be praising Mark Miller. Dave, thank God yep. Dave's not here. Dave's... <laughs> Never been angrier at another human. Uh, <laughs> we don't have to get into all that. But Dave wrote a pretty good Mark Miller write-up about uh, where he is right now in the comics culture and conversation, uh, if you want to go check that out. Um, I think that's in his... It's on Comic Book Herald uh, on his newsletter, I think. 
Um, yeah. This is the continuation of the thing we read where Hydra and the Hand, and then this, like, Cult of the Moon? Is that what it's called? Cult of... Uh, whatever Gorgon's cult name, is, Silver Moon or something. Yeah, for, yeah. For um, are all you know teaming up to like take over, kill a bunch of superheroes, and resurrect them as uh, soldiers. We kind of don't need to get more into the details. Like it doesn't. It just continues the story. Wolverine is now broken free at the beginning of this. That's the big like change. Wolverine is no longer the enemy who is doing the terrorizing. Now he is. Well, now he's terrorizing the other side. Um, eventually, like frees Electra, and then the two of them are attacking um you know gorgon and all this it's good uh it, he doesn't he doesn't free her she's like they, I, I can't remember how it happens exactly but like she she explains she that says she's, she's been, been undercover it. the whole yeah. time it's like you've killed like 200 people and she's like i was deep down on the cover it's like that's <laughs> maybe no, a little more explanation than that would be no really. no i like it i'm i'm on board <laughs> with her just being like because she was she took part in the um like the attack on a helicarrier that we see. Yeah. Uh, and he's just like, 200 shield agents died. And she was like, I was deep cover. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, are. You're fair. so cool. <laughs> I mean, she just is saying, <laughs> she like, she's cool. been resurrected by the hand a couple times before. So, like, their mind control doesn't work on her. Yeah, it's weird um, each time, yeah. Miller has never been better. <laughs> it's crazy. I think he just... It's the thing that we talked about in Ultimate comics a bunch where it's just like it's those little details that he would throw in and he would do it so often where i would just be aggravated because i was like i mean the classic example magneto is a cannibal and i'm like well that does, like there's the implication there goes way farther than what you're saying and like it's just a cool thing you wanted to say but it doesn't tonally like mesh with what you're doing here i feel like here he's just really dialed in on that so that like every time he does one of those cool little details whether it's an actual plot point or just an aside, I'm kind of like, okay, hell yeah. Like, they all work for me here. I think he just, like, shows so much restraint, with the exception of that Holocaust comic at the end, where I'm like, all right, he's back. <laughs> like, that Holocaust comic then feels like one of those weird kind of asides. Oh, yeah, um, it's it's a weird one. <laughs> it's not even... Yeah, we'll talk about that later. I, I don't hate it, but, like, it does feel kind of him return to form of just, like, what if Wolverine lived for months in a ho uh, concentration camp just to get in the head of one Nazi? Like, what? What? And what if I <laughs> thanked Will Eisner for it? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Um, anyway, the... the He just has so many cool details. Th this is just, like, blockbuster comics in the like yeah. the most fun way to me where i just think it's like propulsive every issue just like pushes the action forward there's it's full of great details and twists and turns and it's just like so readable and i just i love this whole arc it's so good there's so many good moments here gorgon they show the gorgon gorg gorgon 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 absolutely gorgon gorgon ramsey uh, <laughs> he shows up to the hand uh and he like fights his way in to get like initiated into the hand and then the, like the the master of the hand is like why should we accept you you know you, you haven't proven yourself at all and then gorgon kills himself with a sword and he was just like resurrect me so cool what a like resume yeah. to, to show up to the That's interview cool. and then kill yourself <laughs> being like <laughs> this is how committed i am to the job um wolverine calls down the sentinels 
on a bunch of villainous, you know, or like Ooh, the yeah, mutant soup. Cool. And, oh, it's such a, and then he rides off on the shoulder of one and then attacks like the hand uh, with all the like ninjas <laughs> leaping on the back of the sentinels. It's so cool. Um, I gotta say, it's like, very fun to have you in like the nerding out, describing every cool thing you've read mode. Because that's I know I don't get often, but like that's <laughs> that's fun. It just uh, yeah, it's it's also the combination of the art because I think John Romita Jr. has like oh, that's interesting. It's weird. I don't think of him as like a scale guy because he doesn't do like detail, right? Like, he, but he does these big, huge splash pages, and he gets like the scale of these. Like, the Sentinel does not look huge. It, it doesn't look like we're about to see the um, the Wild Sentinel drawn by John Cassaday, where it like yeah. you know looks like this huge mountain with a th- thousand little details on it. Like, but I don't know. There's something about like the way he frames it that makes it seem very like big and epic. Um, to me and like and it moves like it just moves so well so uh I yeah think I'm, i had like i time with this i can't really tell you anything wrong with it but i think i'm just kind of getting tired of of jrjl style here i mm, think like yeah. it didn't mm-hmm. help that i read this after reading issues one to six of of uh, astonishing which is like mm-hmm. john cassidy incredible yeah. Absolutely. Incredible. We'll yeah. talk about it later yeah, yeah. absolutely incredible and then going back to jrjl after that is like that's like I, I don't disagree with everything you 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 were saying about it. Like it's it's big blockbuster. Like he he's good at that. Mm-hmm. It just it just felt like very old timey. Like you know, like it felt like the art was fifteen years late in, in some sure. in some ways. Yeah. yeah. Um, it which I think like speaks more to to what I'm like. Like a, I think it speaks more to what I specific I personally want to read than the actual quality of the comic. Um, but that did like, yeah, that did that didn't help. Like everybody I, else is also moving into like digital coloring. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it, it, good and bad. I think some pl- people use it really yeah. well, and this this doesn't seem like that. This seems like this could be a Miller or a um, Nascenti comic from the eighties, right? Yeah. Like it looks like when he's working. But even there, the, which I, is fine. with the characters, like okay, I'm <laughs> I'm going to do something I never do. Uh, I'm going to compliment Faces. John Byrne really quick. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I think John Byrne is, and I'm going to compliment John Byrne on Arthur Flight specifically. <laughs> I think he's <laughs> really good at character design, here. and I think the twins or No Star like have very like specific and kind of iconic designs, including in their faces. Like you mm-hmm. immediately recognize them. This like this version of No Star is just a guy. He's just a random guy. And I was like, that's kind of disappointing to me because I, I kind of like guy. that character. He's like, he's like a very specific kind of like, he's kind of similar to Quicksilver and has he's like, he's a speedster and he's like kind of um, like always mean to everyone. <laughs> like kind of like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what quite the word, but like he's always pissed at everyone. Yeah. Um, and he, he's just like, a vague, vaguely noble hero that gets turned into a vaguely mean bad guy, which mm-hmm. is kind of yeah. boring to me. Um, and I think I yeah, it kind of felt like, like he went to the like editor in chief and was like, "All right, which heroes can I have? Yeah, like, what heroes can I turn villainous?" And they're like, "Ah, you can have North Star." And he's like, "I don't even know who that is." All right, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. But even like yeah. there's a point where he draws like some of the main X Men team and like Rachel is there. I'm like. 
is that Rachel? Is that Jean? Is that someone else? Kitty is the same way. I'm like, is that Kitty? Is that Emma with mm. wrong colored hair? Like, the, mm. his, like, individual characters... He was a good Wolverine. Like, his Wolverine mm-hmm. is very recognizable. Elektra, his Elektra is pretty good as well. Some of the other characters, like the the vague supervillains and vague X-Men are like, okay, you... Yeah, it, it like, it shows that he doesn't care as much as... Uh, I think also it's just his style maybe. that, like... His yeah. faces are very similar. He does not put a yeah. ton of detail in, like, That's distinguishing, true. you know, Peter Parker from Matt Murdock, like, facial structure, right? Yeah. Um, I love that I, scene, though, of the, uh, the ther- like, everyone having group therapy in Emma Frost's head. Um, yeah, that's a great. That's a great little. I don't know if he took that from something else or if that's an original here. I mean, but probably like, from Astonishing, right? Like that's this thing that happens here and there in Astonishing. They have therapy together in Astonishing. Not therapy, but like that. They, that specifically is what I'm saying. Like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the X Men all banding together to have like therapy about the tra- trauma that they've just been through and like talk through. Yeah. But it's in like Emma Frost's headspace. It's pretty good. I yeah, think that's, that's a fun. Pretty. That's like one of those details that sometimes he would like throw in Ultimate X Men. But like not follow through on, or it would be wishy washy or something. Um, that I think here he's just like pretty dialed in on. Um, yeah. Um, other than that, like I agree with everything you're saying. Like I think this is like good Wolverine stuff and some of the best Wolverine, Wolverine like solo stuff we've read. Definitely. I'm just not like as excited about it. I I don't. Yeah, I like that character, but I think yeah. I just always like that character better in the context of X Men than I do on his own. I weirdly, um, like, don't even like this comic for Wolverine. Like, I kind of yeah. like it for, no, that's like... that's true, that's true. The shield and the Hydra of it all, and, like, the big... Like, because it... Like I said last time, it feels like a big event to me. It feels like a world, worldwide Marvel thing, right? More than yeah. it feels like a Wolverine thing. Like, he's in the center of it, but it does feel like, you know, anyone should be... It has a it, every stuff, yeah. hero is, like, sucked into this, so... Um, but yeah, like yeah, it's, it's I time. don't love it definitely, but I think it is good ruin stuff, and it's definitely some of my favorite Miller stuff as well. Um, like no, no questions asked. Uh, but yeah, I'm n- not as excited as you are, but I'm glad I'm glad you're yeah. you're really yeah. digging this. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I think probably my favorite Miller thing, like Mark Miller. Uh, yeah. I don't know why I felt like I had to <laughs> distinguish that. <laughs> Your favorite <laughs> Frank Miller thing is Wolverine: Enemy of the State. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and, okay, so at the end of this, though, another really cool moment, which feels a little obvious, but, like, pulled it off, is the big knockdown dragout fight between Wolverine and Gorgon, who, Gorgon pins Wolverine to a tree with a sword, and then just leaves, <laughs> and I really like that, like, other people have to come and, like, pull the sword out, it takes a couple people to, like, remove yeah. the sword, although if Wolverine wanted to be really cool, he could have just, like, cut himself through the sword, you know, and healed up. That's what I would have done, but um, that's what you, you would have done built, with your I'm butt just club. Just built different. It's <laughs> true. I guess he does have metal bones, so maybe he couldn't cut through. You, you would have oh, cut man. down the tree behind you with your butt claw. <laughs> you just see me, my back to a tree, uh, and just like wiggling <laughs> bend my butt, over. just wiggling my butt, just very minutely, like dancing in a like look a bee. Of re- a look of real concentration on my face and like strain. <laughs> Um, at the end of this gorgon tries to turn wolverine into a stone and wolverine uses his claws and there's a great it's a really good jrjr panel of um of wolverine's three claws being held up and then so it's like six of gorgon's eyes reflecting back at him like it just 
It doesn't yeah. say that it's necessary for him to, yeah. you know, have this extra dose of it, but it does be like, you know, he has tripled the dose of uh, Medusa Eye back to Gorgon, and then Gorgon it, turns into a stone. It's pretty cool, but, you know, it's, Jackson it, did that when probably he was like 12, top, so, you know. Top three comic book moments of all time. <laughs> Cooler than anything Rick Reardon has ever done in his this whole career. This comic has turned you into <laughs> one of the worst nerds out there. <laughs> It's, it, it is like yeah there's very few of these comics that just function on a pure like you know that i get this way about movies like i can get sucked into big dumb action movies that i think are done yeah. well i mean i've been watching a bunch of bollywood movies and a lot of them function on this level of just like hype 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 and then like yeah. there's not much more besides like style and hype uh but yeah i can, I can get into it with comics sometimes um it's cool oh greg and land then does a, a Staranko cover Oh, oh yeah, well, yeah, like, Greg Land does a bunch of covers. Most of them are terrible. He does a Steranko ripoff. I mean, he's always doing ripoffs, but like he does a Steranko cover that's pretty good. I uh, I appreciated seeing like a Steranko Shield Nick Fury cover. It was fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Holocaust one. It's just a weird one-off about like a Nazi commander running a concentration camp and being haunted by Wolverine. Like he keeps killing Wolverine, who's in the camp for some reason keeps killing him and burning his body and then the next day he comes back and it's just driving one nazi specifically angry it's a really good use of wolverine's time <laughs> uh during world war ii is to just mentally tear down nazis one at a time over a course of months uh it's so it's strange such a strange I... like you could have done a very similar story in like just a random like mutant prison or something like putting sure, it to modern yeah. day and not have like the actual implications of World War Two, which is I, I don't even know if like I you know people might argue, but like I didn't find it like offensive. It just uh, felt like stupid. careless. <laughs> well, yeah, stupid is is the right word. Because well, like, like, I funny. think the art is Why? really cool. I think yeah. Like, yeah, look, like oh yeah, I like Care, a lot of the Care ideas Andrews here. Is so like, good. Sorry. Just yeah, the the, the, the Nazi officer the, looks like so Wolverine at the end. Pathetic. We talked about Care Andrews recently. Wolverine he does looks the, Great. Smiling like, out just of a like a shadow face that's all... coming back and yeah. back again. It's, yeah, yeah. All right, it's sorry, really, really cool. But then, like yeah. the like, you it's in a like extermination camp, but like there's you only see Wolverine getting killed. Like you, yeah. I don't think you Which, see thank, any of the other. Thank God. <laughs> I mean, yeah, thank God. But also, it's like, but well, then that's like it feels like a like sanitized in a way. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the worst the, criticism against this. Yeah, and then the end is like okay, and now the the previous uh, like colonel or something is getting replaced by a new guy who's more hardcore than the previous one, and that's the end, <laughs> I guess. And Wolver I guess well, and Wolverine's going to do the Wolverine same thing save to this guy. Well, no, I yes, mean, but he didn't because I've been to history class, <laughs> <laughs> and I know he wasn't there. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> he didn't stop. Well, I mean, this. So. I don't know. Would it be really that much better of like? Stories about Wolverine liberating concentration camps in a big action hero way? Probably not. That would no, be it's better if it too. was like just a, a, I don't know, mutant concentration camp in 2020, yeah. in like sure. 25, 2005, and you can do anything you want with it. So, yeah. 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 It, yeah. I mean, it, the, the actual, um, you know, like genocide of the Jews is extremely beside the point to this comic, yeah. uh, which is, you know, I guess the big not i guess it is the big problem with this comic and you know begs the question of why you chose this setting um it mostly reads as just like bewildering um 
No, no, I just said it like it mostly like you read this and you're just like, well, this is why did you do this? Okay. I mean, yeah, it's only I mean, one issue, so it's easy to just kind of move past. But yeah. At first I was like, is this like some kind of time traveling thing and it's going to be a Magneto thing? Like, cause, like if you're doing an X-Men thing in a concentration gap in World War Two, it's like, yeah, Magneto is the first thing you're going to think of. Like, no, it's not that all. It's like, it, and like... Also, because I never, I didn't know that there was a thing about Wolverine being in a concentration camp in World War Two, like canonically. Um, is there? Is this no, from just... something else? No, this... I mean, oh, not, yeah. not as yeah, far yeah. as I'm aware. I... Like, I no, we've that's... we've always seen him like fighting next to Captain America. You know, yeah, just fighting the war, um, which makes yeah, more sense. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Not, it's not like terrible, but it's just weird choices. Yeah. All right, astonishing X Men, Joss Whedon. Uh, John John Cassidy, right? Uh, I think John Cassidy, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, we didn't cover the first arc here, so we can kind of... You know, Charlotte and I will probably talk about Whedon stuff in general. Charlotte, have you watched any Whedon shows? I kind of want to know your history with Whedon. Nope, like, I've never... I, like, I've watched the maybe first two or three episodes of Firefly, like, okay. years back. But no, no Buffy? It. No Buffy, no. To okay. <laughs> Yeah. To the... <laughs> I got shamed a week ago by my therapist for never having watched Buffy, which was a very funny moment. Millennials. Millennial or Gen Xer, probably. Um, yeah, millennial, yeah. I I watched all of Buffy when I was, like, 19, uh, really liked it, and then I think it has aged kind of poorly. You know, people still return to it and like it, and I think there's still stuff to like about it. Um, oh, I've watched the- exactly one Just Whedon show, which is uh, Dr. Horrible Sing-Along with the... Uh, I mean, that's like guys. a mini-series special. Yeah, it's like I a mi- YouTube mini-series, yeah. That he did, I think he did it, like, during the writer's strike, right? Like, Oh, maybe. Huh. He, like, yeah, he, like, wrote it, you know, independently during the writer's strike as, like, yeah. you know, a, 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 not as a studio work, right? Something like yeah. that. He was, he was scabbing, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um... Anyway, Doctor Horrible, I hate. I hate that. I think it's so that that is the like kind of Whedon distillation of his stuff in them. Like, just <laughs> it's so gl- a twee in like all the worst ways. I I hate it so much. Uh-huh. Um, it's so smug and full of itself. Buffy uh, is like pretty watchable. I think still besides Xander, the main character who's just an incel. Um, Wait, I'm sorry. The main character of Buffy is Xander. No, no, he's like one of the. Th- three oh, okay. main characters there's like you know buffy and the, her two best friends i mean that like, wouldn't be that much of a surprising just with thing no <laughs> i mean he, he's, buffy was xander it's also like buffy was just kind of one of these things where it's like tv hasn't done this and now since it has done it a thousand times so like watching it now a little of the the shine is wore off the apple of like it's a girl who kicks ass you know but that's not quite as uh, exciting now in 2020 as 97, or at least like novel, you know, that that can't be the pitch <laughs> for a TV show is like, it's an action hero, but she's a girl. Um, anyway, I I don't love Buffy anymore, but like I see the appeal and I, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge like early Whedon hater. Like Firefly, I find some stuff I like about it. That being said, his style, I think, is poison <laughs> and has poisoned the mind of an entire generation. When I think of, <laughs> I, I have recently become aware of, like, what Gen Z thinks of as millennial humor, right? And, like, <laughs> yep. and, and it's, like, because if you asked me, it would be, like, hard for me to pin down, but it's largely, like, Whedon's style of writing, which it's not just That's Whedon. Accurate, like, yeah. 
Yeah, but the kind of yeah, just like uh, it's like it's a mix that just of happened. just Sweden writing and Facebook posting. I think. <laughs> yeah, totally right. It's just like saying something like, um, "I just ate a whole sleeve of Oreos. I'm gonna be alone forever." Uh <laughs> yep. <laughs> like that's, and then like that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um. It's he's yeah he's destroyed an entire generation of minds. That being said. I went into this comic really wincing, uh, or at least hold, with a tension in my body, <laughs> I think, Ooh, preparing okay. myself for that style, his, like, writing style that's all over Buffy, uh, and it's kind of not here, and I was really surprised yeah, yeah. at how, like, restrained it was. Like, there's a few little jokes that feel like Whedonisms, but, like, per, like, square inch of this comic, it's pretty minimal. I think, like, he hones in on some really good ideas which is another thing like watching Buffy I rarely actually think like the ideas are that clever I think he often falls into just kind of like a subversion of thing is the idea but like the subversion doesn't go much deeper than like you know he's so proud of the like a girl walks down a dark alley and is attacked by a monster but she attacks the monster oh like I'm twisting I'm putting things on their heads like that kind of thing that's Uh the twist of it um there's there's some stuff here that I think's like pretty smart and pretty clever and like continuing the like legacy of the X Men and building new stuff that uh, I was a little surprised at. Um, so yeah, initial impression, pretty good. Charlotte, what do you think about this kind it's, of as a broad? It's overview? really interesting reading this after um, New X Men by Matt Morrison because I think I I want to say this is as good as New X Men necessarily. But I think it's doing a a very, very interesting... Like, I think it's doing a very good thing for X-Men in the completely opposite direction. Which is that new X-Men is yeah. like... We're, it's the revolutionary approach. We're doing a new thing. We're uh, adding, like, big sci-fi weird concepts. It's, like, very Morrison. Very, It's very specific. Well, can I say... Can I, can I interject? Like, the yeah, way I, I was framing this in my head this morning, thinking about it, is that, like kind of the different ways you can approach a superhero comic is either you bring the superhero comic to you and like to your style which i think is what morrison does i think like that's a morrison comic first in an x-men comic second or you can bring yourself like to the comic and i think this is more of like this is the stanley jack kirby and claremont x-men that then joss whedon like brings himself towards and it's like this is the you know what it x-men has been and he's furthering that rather than just like yeah making x-men fit like their own style okay please go on yeah and if you if you were asking me like which approach i prefer like it's usually gonna be the revolutionary way right mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. shaking things up doing something new but i love this <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is yeah. i think one of the best versions we've seen of like like, doing the big classic superhero style, being, like, reverence, reverence, reverential, reverential, thank you, uh, <laughs> to to what's come before, but, like, doing doing it incredibly well, incredibly, like, skillfully, the art, oh my god, is there yeah, any, yeah, really is, is there more John Cassidy on, on Marvel stuff, because that, I told, I mean, this is why is. we talked about it on Extra Issues. It's like John Cassidy's yeah. art is one of the huge reasons I love Planetary. Um, I, mean, I think he's so much better here than he was in Planetary. No, Maybe it's just like crazy. because I don't love the writing, but like he's yeah, yeah, so yeah. good here. Anyway, um, yeah, he is. He is. No, yeah. no argument. Um, but like 
like, yeah, j- like you said, Joss Whedon is pretty good here at, like, being restrained, uh, not, not like, delving into his, his usual, like, style of humor, at least not everywhere. Like, he mm-hmm. has a very good handle on these characters. Like, this yeah. is yeah. this is a very good, uh, like, more adult kitty. It's a very good Emma Frost, even though I'm not, like, I mean, we'll see how it develops. Emma I'm Frost not, like, is probably where I have the most, like, ugh. Ooh, yeah, you. I'm not solely sold like on what he's doing with her, but I think it will be like it'll make a break with what he's doing next with her. Um, Cyclops is really cool. I like I like this Cyclops as like the leader of the mm-hmm. team now that Xavier is not fully gone, but like he like it's interesting that I, I like I re- it feels like he's taking the time to be like okay now Xavier is like out of the picture for good, and this is the first time we, we're having a a team of X-Men on their own, which is, it's not the first time, like, Clement did that, like, every 10 issues, right? But, like, here it feels like, okay, like, the the gloves are off, the the adults are gone, like, it's it's our turn. Like, we have to, we have to take charge, and that, that's, like, that's a really cool place for these characters, and for this, this team specifically. Um, there's, like, the, like, Cyclops Wolverine rivalry feels like, okay, this is, this is old news. We've, we've, we've gone past this and you're going back to, to older grounds. Um, but, um... He, the, the thing I had heard about the Whedon yeah. run, like, the, like, the, the kind of meme idea of this run is that Whedon would show up and immediately look at Morrison's run and be like, ah, nah, sweep that away. That's more Chuck Austin, I think. Yeah, I didn't, well, uh, maybe, I haven't read that much Chuck Austin. Besides, just let me plug this real quick. I have read She Lies with Angels, one of the most hated X-Men comics of all time. Uh, And I did talk about it on a bonus episode with a patron. talk about it every episode we mentioned Chuck Austin. (laughs) Yeah, well, I just want to say it's on the Patreon feed. I think it's actually free on the Patreon feed. You don't even have to be backing us if you want to listen to... We talk about that comic and say that it's not quite as bad as everyone says. It's not great, but I think it, the hate's a little bit of a joke. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. Well, I'd heard that about Wheaton for sure. That like Wheaton oh. and and I can kind of see on a surface level, you know, like Wheaton is just like no, let's return to, you know, a little bit more like classic storytelling. Six, six issue arcs. They're gonna be a school that like, you know, they're, they're like a superhero team again where they're yeah. just like trying to save the world and you know the the 60s message of like trying to protect a world that hates and fears them um is that the phrase i feel like i didn't say that quite right anyway well the um, hates and fears them yeah yeah i got that right okay um but you know and he's gonna do do away with the black leather and kind of poo-poo that and i I kind of think he just picks it up and makes his own arc and continues. It doesn't feel like one of these things where he like invalidates Morrison's stuff, right? Like they're dealing yeah, with I mean, the he also like picks up Genosha. story stuff from Morrison, right? Like, like Genosha, Genosha. The, the big Sentinel, like that's, mm-hmm. that's the Cuckoos are still here. Emma Frost is still very much, yeah. you know, part of the team, and that's like a Morrison thing, like bringing. It. So you know, I maybe like a bunch of the characters that you know we don't see Beak and God, what was the the acid spitting girl's name oh the um, acid spitting the girl with the, wings yeah 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 Yeah, that's she, angel oh angel is that her name yeah she's Nobody. also called angel she's yeah. also an angel um yeah yeah so like uh, you know a bunch of the like the the teens that i introduced you know whedon's making his own thing but that that kind of feels true of every like new artist and writer they want to come in and do their own thing so i didn't i didn't get like a strong fi- 
I didn't get the Star Wars, you know, Rise of Skywalker coming in and being like, no, let's undo some of that stuff. Um, I kind of no, yeah. I mean, I think I think like the closest. I think the closest it gets to that is like the costume, because like it feels like the Whedon speaking through Cyclops and like being like, yeah, no, we need to go back to to some classic superhero stuff. Which but even fine. then, it's like yeah. he, he very much does not retcon retcon anything or like he mm-hmm. he keeps playing in the sandbox that that Morrison established, which is like which is fun, which is really, really fun. Um, yeah. and well, so the the big yeah. thing that I like really honed in here. On, you know, I, I think you, like, already mentioned this. The characters are good. The characters work. Yeah. But I think, like, Whedon it has some pretty good ideas of, like, new stuff that he's bringing to X-Men, which is surprising to me. Like, when we got to the Danger Room wakes up and becomes sentient and is becoming, has mutated, the Danger Room itself is a mutant, I'm like, damn, that's a, that's a great idea. That's really fun. Like, what a, what a cool yeah. concept. And also kind of predicts, like... I think we've seen a little of this with like Sentinels, you know, becoming sentient. That's been a thing since the 60s. But like the idea of AI being the next, like AI being to mutants what mutants are to humans, right? Like yeah. the next threat that will o- over evolve and take over. And, you know, that mutants will have their own version of Homo Superior to watch out for. I think it's something that like people are going to run with for the, you know, uh, I mean, it's very Hickman. Like Hickman, yeah, I was gonna say, I was trying looking for his name. Based. Hickman yeah. takes this idea and runs with it like crazy, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. the you know, like the, that and like mutants on the intergalactic scale, because like what, mm-hmm. like a, a bad guy I'd never heard of. Like Ord is his name or something like Ord yeah. Orm. Mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, but he's yeah. like, like he's a he's an alien from another planet, Breaker World, I think. And like mm-hmm. on his planet, they have kind of seers or oracles, and they've like they know that in the next 200 or 300 years a mutant is going to destroy the planet and it's like the impact of the possibility of mutant expansion and mutant takeover of earth is like mm-hmm. a thing felt throughout the, the marvel cosmos and that has repercussion at that level that's like that's a very fun thing like that like mutants are always interacting with aliens with like the shiar the brood etc but here's like oh no that's that's an interesting dynamic to to tie this to the themes of mutants um and like everything going on with the mutant cure is like really interesting i'm like i was surprised this the mutant cure wasn't a thing earlier i like because it's x-men 3 is like 2000 what seven five i don't remember i don't know like it's very soon uh so i thought it was like that idea came earlier but no it's it's here and i think it's i mean it, it I don't even think this is it's very much better yeah, here next than, year. In, yeah. than in oh anyway. yeah yeah in that movie um, um yeah. The, yeah it's it's interesting like the the intergalactic stuff like he creates sword right like sword as an yeah. agency is like we didn't create it here i had no idea i kind of like when someone gets introduced from sword i was like oh it must have been around for a while no it's the no, first no, mention no. of it he, I, um, gillen runs with it in like a sword miniseries soon uh but like it is created here by Whedon, yeah I mean, they're going to be, you know, sword. Uh, sword immediately becomes a thing that like everyone else runs with. Everyone else is yeah. like, oh yeah, of course, Shield would have like a space, you know, agency, right? Like a spinoff of Shield, basically for space, and it makes perfect sense. Like especially with Jean Grey having destroyed a planet, that like other planets are yeah. now nervous, right? Like I think that's a, a fun idea to lean into that planets would be yeah. like sometimes you. Yeah, it's kind of interesting thing. I never thought about this, like mutants being a 
specific Earth thing, right? That other alien species, like, are there mutant scrolls, right? I guess not. They don't have an X gene. Oh, something, there are. But, like, <laughs> are there? Do you remember when, spe- when Xavier was leading a, the Cater K, I think? Like a team of mutant oh, scrolls? Kind I, of, yeah. This was in the 90s Excalibur, maybe, something like that? I don't remember. Mm. But, like, yeah, there are mutant scrolls. I mean, Warlock is a mutant phalanx. Uh, right. Yeah, right. There yeah, are other yeah. examples, yeah. I was going to say, it kind of seemed, it would be like an interesting idea of, you know, the rest of the universe being terrified that, like, just any random yeah. kid born here has the possibility of someday just genociding their whole planet. But I guess, yeah. you know, it's a big universe. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, so I like, really like Abigail Brand, who, who is the character, like, the sword leader that is introduced here. I thought I for sure may- that this was just Lorna Dane for a while. Like, I, no. <laughs> I was oh, like, I that's why. interesting. No. She works with the green hair, yeah. <laughs> no, it's Abigail Brand, and she becomes, like, a really fun character. Like, I prefer Abigail Brand to Nick Fury, and I think maybe part of it is, like, a general thing. Like, I'm more into sci-fi stuff than I am into, like, spy stuff. Oh, I thought you said like, ge- gender thing. Um, no, I, oh no, genera. Part of it is just she's a woman. I mean, it's and the I same word. Women, French, so <laughs> sorry. Um, but no, yeah, like she's like she's a really interesting character. Of like, uh, be, like the fact that she's fully no nonsense and ready to make huge sacrifices for like for Earth is like makes more sense to me than Nick Fury because she's like, no, I've seen like I'm thinking about the intergalactic scale. Like I'm thinking way bigger than any of you guys. And like that's that's a really fun dynamic for for like an l- earth based character that's super in charge of like intergalactic relationships. I like um I like what you're saying and I agree that like that you know that that outlook is interesting, but she sounds like her little speech to the the joint chiefs chiefs of staff or whatever. Yeah, where she's like, you know, Earth has a gun to its head and whatever. I'll do, you know, you you can suspend me or put me back on the job, but if you put me back on the job, I'm going to do the exact same thing I did that got me in trouble the first time because I believe in this, you know, so deeply. Yeah. Um, that sounded exactly like Nick Fury to me. <laughs> like all that sounded like <laughs> precisely like Nick Fury, just you know, in a slightly different I mean, context. That's, but that context I mean, matters. That's true, but that's but. kind of what I'm saying is like the context around it makes it sure. feel truer to me with her than with, with Nick Fury. Um, well, because Nick Fury, then you start getting tied up like, into like Iraq, right? Like, are we just yeah, talking about Iraq and Afghanistan? Yeah, here? exactly. Right. Here is like yeah. more far, further removed, and it's more fun. Yeah, I it's guess. Like, yeah, well, because it's an alien species of, like, precogs who are, like, a yeah. mutant is going to kill us all. Yeah, and know. her colleague you, you, is, like, a big dragon guy. Yeah, it's pretty silly, and it's hard to make the connection between, like, oh, you're just talking about 9-11 again. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, Which, I mean, it's yeah, definitely going to be used to talk about, like, immigration for the most part. I think S.W.O.R.D. is going to be a big thing of, like, talking about mm-hmm. aliens that are living on Earth, like, illegally. Um, so there are going to be, like political and social parallels but yeah it doesn't feel as maybe not nasty but messy as it does with like i mean secret uh, secret war for example <laughs> right yeah we just read that and it was a total mess yeah yeah um yeah yeah i mean whedon never I'm trying to think of his career i don't think whedon generally want likes to wade into like at least like um politics on a uh like inter national level right like he's he's definitely like he tries to stick to like culture pop culture and like social politics stuff when he gets into it and and it's usually very like (laughs) diet feminism diet feminism 
Yes, exactly. Oh, that's a great way of putting it. I was just trying to think of a way of phrasing that. But yeah, yeah very like lame feminism. A, a, a powerful woman is one who's got muscles to me. Uh, when I think of a strong female character, I think of a muscular one. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so it's kind of working at that level. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I actually I had a girlfriend back uh, when I was like 22, 23, who like I remember would get really mad at like Whedon fans uh like all the men talking about like how whedon was very feminist and this was like really like eye-opening to me this is when i was first kind of becoming aware politically of like feminism um but i think she said like something like how stupid it is the idea that you know like a powerful woman to like men like joss whedon is just like a woman you know a woman who kicks ass and who has balls right like yeah that's that's all like that it means to him um and that, you know, is a very, like, lame and narrow way of thinking about, you know, like, gender dynamics and, you know, what it means to be anything, right? Like, it also is still, like, kind of gender essentialist stuff, right? Like, Oh, absolutely. Fr- framing uh, don't you into, wish like, you could have seen Just Whedon's Wonder Woman? <laughs> oh, my God, I know. I mean, to... to def- I don't need, he doesn't need to be defended. Defend him a little bit. He's, He's gotten defense, worse. Yeah. He's gotten... Oh, yeah. For sure oh, worse. Despite yeah. Xander. Xander's a terrible character in Buffy and like it I didn't realize it at all when I was like 1920 watching it the first time but watching it now it's horrifying that character is so yeah. bad he's just like he's such a like he's exactly he speaks like exactly what like men's rights activists say <laughs> it's kind of crazy <laughs> um yeah yeah anyway yeah, I mean, um but has but, he gotten worse or has he like has he just aged poorly yeah, maybe maybe culture has just grown grown past yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, it feels bit, kind of like but... when everyone no, was I, like, I mean, maybe not everyone, but like people were like, oh, J.K. Rowling, great queer uh, ally who who made D- Dumbledore gay, and it's like, ooh, sure. that's <laughs> that hasn't aged well, and that's like that's a very boring. I don't know. Even at the time, way to look at politics. Even when she first said that, I remember like just you know rolling my eyes at that. Uh-oh being like you know he's not gay in the book but i'll say in an interview that he's gay that you yeah. know e- even when she first said that that was still very like embarrassing i think if you thought that that was like really cool and powerful of a statement uh, i think you're kind of a, la- <laughs> <laughs> a lame out um the the danger room thing is really cool um i think oh colossus comes back uh which is so funny because I was like, I have no idea how he even died. So this means Legacy nothing. Virus. But it's, yeah, well, it's cool to have oh, him back. Sorry, uh, I mean but, fantasy AIDS. Yes, uh, fantasy <laughs> sci-fi AIDS. You mean sci-fi AIDS? Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's good to good to have him back, and the stuff with him and Kitty is nice. And uh, yeah. I don't love actually how he writes Kitty. Kitty's a little outbreak. I think felt like like he's trying to make Kitty cool and adult now, but then also still makes her a little childlike um i don't know it kind of feels like they're not sure um what kitty is right now although john cassidy's the way that he draws kitty i'm like i think this is the like this is what kitty looks like now in a way that i haven't seen like this is what kitty looks like now in 2023 it's what she looks like in yeah the just, this is what she looks like up till up till hickman i'd say but yeah really because i thought like post hickman this is like what she i was looking at this being like this is what she looks like in the marauders like when I read that comic, and you know, whenever Hawksbox was coming out. Oh, she well, she uh, not spoiled, but she has like she has a new suit that sticks for most of the 
the oh yeah 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 no i just meant like her face like i feel like Kitty oh has yeah you know how like peter parker's face kind of gets like locked down and you're like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a way that like some characters get like a facial structure that sticks and some don't <laughs> you know like yeah wolverine can look like a lot of different guys i think depending on who's drawing him whereas like peter parker stays a little more stable to me yeah i um, see what you mean i think with kitty yeah i i see what you mean this, this is I like think adult the main kitty thing that changes me. like she has like from this point on until huxbox she has straight hair and then yep. very recently she she's gone back to to more curly hair uh, but okay. yeah, no, I, I haven't read with, like, yeah, a couple structure of... and, and, and like solidifying the, what the character looks like as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. I just haven't seen her in a couple of years, but I, yeah, I like the, the yellow. She's kind of got the classic yellow costume on here and she's, uh, she's got Lockheed, which is fun. Um, but yeah, the danger room thing I think is a great, is a great fun idea that like has legs, uh, of like, yeah. the AI. I, I liked I... it less when it broke out. And became yeah. Jocasta and sexy as oh my god, so I mean, sexy. <laughs> yep. Now I mean two things. First, like I knew this happened, and I was like, I don't know, like it's it didn't sound like that much of an interesting idea to me, despite like liking the the Hickman style, like AI versus mutant stuff. Didn't feel like Danger was like the, would be a very interesting way of doing that. But I think he is. Pretty, like the way it happens here is pretty good and like kind of spooky like in the way she takes mm-hmm. control of yeah. like like she she puts them in kind of nightmares nightmare scenarios and like actually kills a kid um like i really like and, and i like that being the instigating event that like breaks them out and also yeah. that like gains them consciousness i think like all that felt like relatively clever and not just yeah. kind of like sci-fi babble of the danger room being like what gained me consciousness is being confronted with like the contradictions of being, which is like, yeah, that's like a really tricky, complicated part of growing up uh, (laughs) is living in a world full of like contradictions and being able to like hold them all in your mind at once. So like it being a machine made for violence and killing, but not able to kill or being programmed to never kill but to always like fight and attempt to kill right as the danger room itself being able to like talk a kid off the cliff who literally like is talked into suicide by the danger room and then like that being the thing that like snaps um and like breaks the uh breaks the danger room out of being able to having to follow its protocols i think that that all worked for me at least like you know it just felt correct even if you know yeah. whatever that means no, that's that's literally yeah um i think the other thing that like kept me from full loving this is like it felt very ultron like which, which makes sense it's it's a when, very when, similar idea when the danger but, room like, breaks out into becoming ultron yeah yeah then i lose a little interest sure. especially yeah. the like very uh y- how do you say that in english udipal edipal udipal yeah edipal uh, yeah yeah edipal yeah edipal yeah. stuff with like her calling Xavier her her dad and like have, wanting to kill him is like very similar to Ultron and, and Hank Pym. Um, like this felt very ultimate Ultron in some ways or like X Men version of of Ultron, sure. uh, which is like yeah. you could have found like more interesting dynamics like newer dynamics for for that kind of, of AI uh, mm. AI cutting loose idea. Um, I like yeah, no, I, I like I think the idea to like the the large idea for the Danger Room becoming sentient isn't isn't necessarily that interesting to me but i think the specific of the specifics of how it's done 
up until the point she becomes Ultron is quite successful and, and, and interesting to me. Yeah, I agree. And then I also, I do like the Xavier stuff. I think maybe, you know, it didn't feel quite as worn, um, worn to me. I, mean, I, 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 I like feel like I don't Wade's see... Deming him for like, oh, he knew, yeah. he just didn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that works well with like Cyclops really confronting him at the end. Yeah. But also like, I just feel like we don't see Xavier uh, in this role very often. You know, having to like re- really see the stuff blow back on him specifically. You know, it's usually yeah. it blows back on the X Men, um, but him having to like get into a fight with it. Uh, we just don't see Xavier have to fight very often, so I, I think I, I appreciated that too. Um, but and I mean, it's just, the robot is hot as hell. You, <laughs> the robot's I, hot. Did you see it? We can say for sure the robot's hot. <laughs> Rub hot. Um, yeah. Oh, and I loved the like the the moment of the danger room then like taking over the jet and then like threatening them with the jet. Really cool. Yeah. Like that that all worked really well for me just on a you know, like the the plotting of it and the actual like tension building. Um and the like yeah, the cool. like John Cassidy like doing a, a monstrous like ter- like so weird version he 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 digs back up the sentinel that destroyed Genosha in, in mm. Grant Morrison's run and like that sentinel looks like a weird, huge cockroach, like mechanical cockroach thing. It's like it's really weird and really cool. I really like that design. He's like, he's he looks like a big mechanical weird insect kaiju. Um, it is very yeah, cool. I, I will say the there's a few details there that didn't fully they didn't irk me, but neither of them landed. One, the that someone narrates something like, um, you know, a mountain-sized sentinel destroys an entire city and no one asked where it went and it's like well i mean i didn't because i'm just reading a stupid comic book and morrison like (laughs) immediately switches scenes but like i'm sure someone in this world would have that's a very stupid like you know yeah that's a very stupid thing like talking to the writers and that like like, Uh, yeah well i mean make sense of it in universe it's only trying to like damn the plot point because the story didn't talk about it but it's like yeah but i also like you know, but you're the it's writer, very like so you could say that someone talked about it, right? Yeah. Right. It also don't need to, right? Like it, it didn't seem relevant at the time, and it wasn't relevant at the time. You know, it's yeah. kind of like no one ever talks about how Peter Parker uh, uses the bathroom when he's in his suit. And it's like, okay, well, I don't need to. Like, I kind of assume <laughs> it's just taken care of. <laughs> um, and the other point is the way that they defeat it is by making it confront the genocide it committed. <laughs> <laughs> which I, is a little silly to me that like they just made it feel yeah. so bad that it had to go to space to to cope. <laughs> it's just like I'm go- I'll be back sometime. I gotta go think on think about this. I killed yeah, a lot of people. I don't know. It's kind of a, a fun sixties thing to me. It feels like that feels like that could be a way they defeat a sentinel in in, in Kirby Avengers. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe I should go easy on it because I do love. The sentinels flying into the sun because they <laughs> <laughs> yeah. realize oh, that they're yeah, a threat. I realize yeah. that's that's kind of what's happening here. Yeah. It's like the sentinels are the most. They realize they're like. Oh no! They realize that the sun is the threat, and they go to pummel it. Right? Like. Oh yeah, because the sun <laughs> is causing mutation. Right. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, that's really good. <laughs> that's really good. Okay, maybe I like this. I turned around yeah. on it. Um, yeah, and then like. something's up with Emma Frost, uh, which I'm curious about. You know, I'm I kind of like her. I'm also kind of annoyed about like the the cliche of the femme fatale is going to betray the team. It's like, yeah, but I also know it doesn't. I mean, it's like, a cliche Emma for Frost a reason. Doesn't Charlotte? stick as a villain. Um, uh-huh. yeah, yes, thank you. That thank you. Women Jess. are thank you. 
naturally very tricky. <laughs> um, oh boy. I don't know. I, I think it works for Emma. I mean, Emma Frost, like, Emma Frost having turned good and being on the side of the X-Men with no, you know, hesitation or ties still to, like, the Hellfire Club. I think I think it's worth exploring that. Uh, I think I, I agree think it that feels it's like a natural. To me, yeah. the only thing is like I'm I really really like the characterization of Emma Frost as the one that's like, what about the kids? Like I'm doing this only for the kids. That's that's what I'm here for. I'm a teacher for first and foremost. Yeah, yeah. That's like that's a really cool idea for Emma Frost to me. Like her wanting to reopen school even when Cyclops doesn't want. Um, that's like cool. And like I hope. I mean, I know we don't lose that on the long term, but I, I hope that's, like, part of what's happening here. Um, mm. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right, yeah, very high on this comment. You know, here's here's my hot take, my bold Ooh. stance on this. I think that this comic does for X-Men what... I think this comic deserves the praise that the Mark Wade uh, and Waringo Fantastic Four gets uh, I think more it does get that, it does. doesn't it? I feel like this is pretty... I think this well, gets a lot of praise for being, like, a really good entry point. But I don't hear... I mean, I heard so much hype about... Maybe it's just because Whedon... And, you know, I mean, we also didn't bring it up. Whedon has a bunch of allegations of, you know, being, like, sexually inappropriate. Oh, yeah. I, I don't remember specifically the level of stuff, right? But, um, you know, people don't like the guy for more than just, yeah. like, his <laughs> weak feminism. More than and, just being annoying. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know the specifics about it. But, um... Yeah, the the Wade run, you know, I think is like really, really highly touted, and you know, we had so much hype going into it. Uh, I haven't heard anyone talk about this Whedon run moving into it, so maybe you know, maybe it's just my. Huh. Um, I I definitely know that people like this, and I I hear about it a lot as like, oh, you want to start reading X Men, like modern X Men. You don't want to read all of Claremont. Hand somebody this comic, right? Like this is where you would like yeah. start someone with modern X Men, but. I don't hear it, like, hyped up as much. I think it's more successful at taking the kind of, like, classic silver and bronze age legacies of the characters and then, like, pushing them forward in a modern context. Because um, it doesn't yeah. feel like... It doesn't feel like Whedon is, like, just totally devoted to, you know, preserving what came before and just playing the hits. Like, it feels like it's a really nice balance of, like the kind of classic stories that we've seen before mixed with like pushing things forward. So like, I, uh, I'm kind of shocked that I'm saying I prefer it. Um, yeah, no, it, I it, yeah. I mean, it is really good. And I think the, the art that like, I really like where Ringo, but it also, yeah. I think it switches writer at some point. Like, even though I really like where Ringo, I do think Cassidy is. Yeah. I mean, Cassidy's kind of an all timer. Yeah. 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 yeah I'll, I actually haven't listened to Dave's episode yet, but well, uh, yeah, now that we've, because I just hadn't read them. I hadn't found the time to read them yet. But now that uh, I have, I'll, uh, I'll go back and listen to it. I did read the Morrison ending, um, which was interesting. All right. Uh, that's going to oh, do yeah. it. Oh, man, Charlotte. Next episode. The next two, next three, next four episodes? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I'm, I just did the rare quadruple take <laughs> on uh, looking <laughs> at our spreadsheet. Um, and then I stopped because the fifth episode is more runaways. Um, <laughs> <so> <laughs> is it the, oh boy yeah 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 well I, I don't I don't know maybe it's oh, not, it, um, it's a different writer I think yeah I was gonna say oh it is it just weird <laughs> I think it might be just weird is it okay well maybe um, I, I like this the next episode we're doing 
Brubaker and Steve Epting, Captain America. Yeah. Oh, I am excited. And then we're going to be doing New Avengers and Young Avengers, Brian Michael Bendis, which sounds pretty exciting to me as well. House Once of again, M, which Brian I Michael Bendis never wrote Young Avengers. I don't know where you're getting your information. but I don't know either. I keep thinking that he is the writer on that. I have it in nope. my head, but who is it? I don't know who, who is. Let me see. Um, it is one. Alan Heinberg. Alan Heinberg, oh yeah. I think I don't think okay. he he did much. I don't think I don't think he's done a lot of of comic stuff. Yeah, yeah he's more of a he, like screenwriter and producer. He wrote twenty six comics ever for Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but a bunch of Avengers. Anyway, I'm excited about all that stuff. Mostly because it's like it's a lot of new stuff that I'm totally unfamiliar with, and uh, like House of M. Even I know it doesn't even have a great reputation, but. I'm looking forward to it. It's always kind of fun to get into a big notable event, good or bad. So, yeah. Um, and then Bendis, Bendis Daredevil, um, is wrapping up. So that'll be fun to read the end of that. Anyway, we got a bunch of good stuff. What do you? If you're not listening to this podcast, which you have to be if you're hearing this, what are you doing? <laughs> this is the best Marvel podcast out there. Charlotte, um, thank you so much for being my co-host. Um, listeners, thank you so much for being my listeners. Uh, our listeners, excuse me. Um, Zach, thank you so much disaster. for being our comic book servants uh, here on my mother's here. <laughs> That's I, I've been demoted to comic book servant. <laughs> yep. Just serving, serving fresh comics. Oh, yes, <laughs> serving. <laughs> Can you serve? Anyway. Thank you to Disaster Piece for being our theme music composer. And thank you for Dave. Oh, Dave. Dave's not here because he has COVID. Poor guy. That's a, should have said something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even That's acknowledge true. that Dave wasn't here. Hopefully, hopefully he doesn't have Out of sight, out of mind. I'm sorry, Dave. Yeah, we buddy. miss you. We love you. Yeah. We're thoughts and prayers. Hoping. For, yeah. <laughs> well, that you can't say thoughts and prayers anymore. Now it sounds like you're being just actually rude. Thoughts and prayers means. Yeah, I'm now it's an ironic thing. Oh, not, yeah, now it's just ironic. Like, uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, it, <laughs> it is. Yeah. No, we. Yeah, I mean, we, we really hope Dave gets better very soon. Yeah, because uh, we were supposed to be talking about Invincible today, but he needed his yeah. full strength <laughs> to do that. Yeah. Oh, at this point, I don't know. Well, the COVID COVID symbol would have been pretty good. Convince mm. con, con, COVID. Cove. Okay, never mind. Yeah. We're, uh, I don't know if we've how much we've talked about this on the podcast, but it's probably worth mentioning. We are going to be doing uh, like diverting one episode a month of my marvelous year i think for the next eight months um to uh an invincible show so uh we're going to be covering all of invincible all 25 volumes uh it's dave dave trying to talk me into thinking it's a good comic we're calling the show convincible which i think uh very proud of i usually don't come up with good puns have you you started reading again invincible i did and i've been taking lots of notes which you know i'm getting ready i have i have a lot of notes actually i'm looking i have four bullet points so it's not a lot of notes but (laughs) i have some a lot of notes yeah i only read like four or five issues again before dave told us he was uh too sick to record so but anyway um if you want the Episodes that we're going to be covering for Convincible, when we're going to be covering it, uh, they're on the spreadsheet that you can get at patreon.com slash member of this year for a buck a month. Um, but if you want to start out, it's the first four volumes. So volumes one through four, the first 18, 19 issues, plus there's like a special in volume four, the trade paperback. So, um, all right, that's going to do it. Thank you all for listening and we will see you next year. <laughs>